0: morning, everybody. It's This Week in XR. Today is June 24th, 2022. I'm Charlie Fink. I'm here with my friend, Ted Chilowitz. As always, our show is sponsored by Verbella. And today, our guests are Andrew Zimmerman, the CEO of Journey, a new design agency. And Kathy Hackle is their chief metaverse officer. And she'll be joining him, uh, joining Andrew, uh, and uh, getting her, uh, she's almost got her fifth appearance on our show. She was on the show early three times in 2020 and 2021 uh she's a, fantastic is a, is a veteran and and one of the uh,
1: the vocal spokespeople of uh, all things related to yeah. so <laughs> yeah she is she is definitely in the club. yes and, you and, and she Tony is Kathy young and, and she is
0: energetic and she is everywhere so it'll be fun to try and catch up with her for a a hot minute uh also I've gotten a lot of great feedback about our podcast, special podcast last week with Neil Stevenson and Peter Vesnes. That's great. Yeah,
1: it was it was interesting to talk to them. You know, I have a relationship with Neil and, and we've been chatting about lots of different things over the years and uh, it was nice to kind of kick it around with them in such an open fashion. I think yeah. uh, we're probably one of the few that really got that kind of access to this sort of stuff, right? So that was yeah
0: yeah, I feel I feel lucky. So, um, a lot of interesting news this week.
1: Yeah, it's been a big, busy week, right? Sometimes it's quiet, sometimes it's busy, and sometimes it's kind of overwhelming with the amount of announcements and things that are bubbling up.
0: You know, i'm I'm thinking of renaming the column this week with Meta because, well,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're certainly deploying and delivering on a lot of things. almost in some ways, I, although it's hard to say this, maybe too much too fast, like people yeah. can't even keep up
0: with it, right? It's, it's. I mean, it really is like the days of the dot-com boom when you had AOL and Microsoft just putting out press release upon press release. We're starting this new channel, we've hired this person, we're getting distribution from this company. And it's, it's you know, that's, although the things for Meta, it's interesting, they do sort of big things and little things. Yeah. you know so it's kind of kind of a mixture although if you add all these those things up you certainly see a pattern i mean whatever the pattern is right now you know mark zuckerberg has a um an itch to scratch where he's explaining everything but no one has explained to him that nothing kills a show faster than too much exposition too too, too much media coverage and too much delivery yeah yeah
1: yeah you've got to you've got to well apple is sort of the other side of that equation right so yeah. Um, but I think it's great for us to be able to see uh, the, the the sort of shining spot of where he wants his energy to be uh, and exposing uh, that he- I would actually,
0: if I worked at the actual Facebook or Instagram or someplace, I'd be thinking, why doesn't these guys just spin us off? He doesn't care about this business anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: interesting. That's an interesting perspective on it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly about the new, right? And certainly about pushing this agenda- um, that he believes that the world
0: will- Okay, but move. Instagram isn't 10 years old. So in the world of companies, <laughs> it's still brand new. And if it got spun off, it could be a very, very substantial player. Well, it's already a giantly substantial player. It's interesting to think about
1: it if it would have different management and a different uh, sort of philosophy behind it. Um, but but I, I don't disagree with you that his his energy force is around the devices, the new devices and how they relate to this digital landscape that he uh, apparently believes that people will be in more than, I think even we think, you know, people are gonna be in. And we're we're pretty bullish on it.
0: And then, you know, you remember Walt Disney used to introduce the wonderful world of Disney. And then back in our day in the late 80s and 90s, Michael Eisner tried to imitate him. And it was just so unbelievably wooden and lame. And Eisner seemed to be the only person who, didn't realize what a horrible actor he was. So I feel like we're sort of back there where, you know, Zuck is so earnest and genuinely excited about what they're doing, but he's a terrible actor. You know, he's, he, he appears to be trying to sell not genuinely enjoy because he's overrehearsed. And so whatever is happening there in the Zuck as a personality management business is going terribly wrong. Uh,
1: well, I, I agree with parts of that, but I, I think maybe the the thing that I see a, a little glimmer of hope is when he just walks through the devices sitting in the engineering room, there's a l- little more authenticity to that than the, the scripted version doesn't work at all, as we've seen, right? But the unscripted, this is what we're building. This is why we're building it. This is why I think it's cool. Um, I think you actually start to see the real person there. I, I, at least I think so. so yeah, maybe I I'm mean, but uh, also,
0: you know, he was on Kramer this week. It actually yeah. hurt the stock, although yeah. Kramer gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, we know up. he has a deep understanding of the media. Yeah, well, such is life. <laughs> so um, going to the rest of the news this week, we had Tim Cook bragging on the headset on China Daily. Uh-huh. Uh, that's kind of fun. He's he's actually opening up a little bit, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I think this is the the more tidbits mean there is something coming and... Uh, you know, all the rumors and all the pieces and parts are starting to line up,
0: right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he knows it's going to happen. So now he's talking about it. Uh, Whereas before, maybe not so much. Uh, So getting back to meta, they launched a wallet, like they want it to be like Apple wallet, and and then they start selling clothing for avatars, which you can pay for with your wallet. Yep. Uh, So that's they sort of went that sort of went together and, you know, goes with the whole idea of trying to create a Some kind of creator economy so people who are building in Horizons can get paid for their work and, you know, transferred, you know, I think Rec Room just announced today that uh, their creators had cashed out a million dollars already. So I think that bodes well for meta creators uh, on uh, the Horizon platform.
1: Yeah, I think uh, to your point, Charlie, sometimes the the smaller things, you know, across what Meta is doing and delivering all right, they're
0: spending them. a billion dollars a month, they've got a lot to talk about. No, I, I know why they're doing it in, in the sense that they are generating news all the time. So, you know, they just have a choice to keep it.
1: Impactful. Pardon? Sometimes
0: the smaller things I think are un- uh, usually more impactful, like they actually have real impact, right? Well, I think the wallet and, and buying avatars, uh, costumes for avatars, clearly that's something people wanna do. Uh, I think yeah. it's a little more fun in Fortnite, but these are you know, avatars for every kind of use, not for just in a you know, battle royale environment. You know? So right. I, I think people will buy them. I think that they're gonna make a nice business out of this.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, Tencent. Tencent, the giant video game company we don't hear much from these days, um, they're forming an XR unit, finally. Right. And they are the underpinnings of a lot of stuff, right? Obviously, the largest investor in, in Epic
1: Games. and yeah. they and own 40%. Continually driving sort of the, the underpinnings of this uh, and committed to a metaverse play, right? They, they believe in it. They understand it. Um, they're starting to put energy into it. So we're going to see. Yeah, this is a
0: very, very wealthy company. I'm not, I'm not sure how many people outside of our bubble know that. Um, but this is a company that has, you know, meta type resources yeah. if it wanted. Dominate, dominating China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a company called metaphysics. I wonder if you've heard of this because, uh, it's a Swiss company. They have a product called MetaTouch that uses, um, it connects to the nervous system via someplace on your, the surface of your skin. Right. And then it uses, um, you know, all sorts of, it stimulates your nerves. So, you know, it kind of gives you a physical sensation Mm -hmm. that can be synced with a digital environment. Yeah. This was a new one on me. This was something that I hadn't heard of before, you know, it's a very science fictiony idea, right. That you're not going to wear a haptic vest you know you're actually going to feel it in another way by stimulating your nerves
1: yeah this one seems like something a little bit out of a dystopian novel but you know (laughs) it works i guess it will be something we'll get to try at some point right
0: okay just a couple stories left and then we're uh gonna bring in uh kathy uh let's let's start with the meta oh the here we go metaverse standards forum
1: yeah so that's i think a big deal right i look at the the array of companies that are joining it—it's interesting. Um, do we know? Do we know who started it? Who's behind it, like initially? Because there's a lot of companies uh, that have agreed to be a part of this thing—some um, big ones and a bunch of small ones. Uh,
0: yeah, there were a few absences, but it really was everybody. Um, it doesn't say. Uh... It doesn't say in the story that's, by the way, a uh, Amanda Sibberling story from Mm TechCrunch. Thank you, Amanda, for providing this content. Uh, It's led by the Kronos Group, a nonprofit consortium working on AR, VR, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and more. Kronos has already tried to set a standard for VR APIs with its similarly named VR standards initiative in 2016. Um, which included included Google, Nvidia, Epic Games, and Oculus. Mm-hmm.
1: So they've got some experience at it, and uh, a lot of people kicked in and said, "Yeah, we we think this is an important step we, we, to to sort of define at least some degree of open standards and and use cases." Because this is what we talk about all the time: is you know the utopian idea of the metaverse versus the actual commercial deliverables of companies that need to make a profit and need to find a business in the metaverse, and how do they work both sides of the equation, right? So it's pretty interesting.
0: It's so, pretty
1: interesting to see how that plays out.
0: One last thing. KPMG launches a metaverse based on web three in the engage link collaboration hub. Uh, you remember last week, we were talking about how they're preparing right. to launch this and they have some pretty major clients. So of course there's KPMG, which, which would count as that.
1: Right. And that brings a lot of the uh, sort of mainstream business understanding and their their clients are not typically you know the most kind of forward thinking tech companies. They're big enterprise groups that need this kind of tech consulting and digital
0: digital help consulting. Um, so I think that's a good step. So they said that the um, platform which they are calling the Metaverse Collaboration Hub um, will be the center of their Web three strategy. So I had to ask them what is there about Engage that you think Makes it the center of a web three strategy because Engage is you know a closed system run by one company, right. and that's this is the point, right? Did they, did they have an so, and then they they wrote back and said, Oh, well, okay, I mean, we're going to be working on web three from there, right? So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is, a, this is a tough one for companies to grapple with, all right? But right? you know who might know about this. I'm thinking that Andrew Zimmerman and Kathy Hackle will have a lot to we'll say. We certainly about have some insights on this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's bring them in. Uh, and here they are. Kathy Hackle, Andy Zimmerman. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast this morning. And Kathy. Great to see you! I can't pin you down; you are everywhere, um, including ringing the bell at the Nasdaq. So, how did you guys figure that one out at (laughs) NFT Week of all places?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, so happy to be here, Charlie. Um, Yeah, it's been quite a crazy couple of years. I think, right? Uh, Yeah, I think the last time we had you
0: on the show was like uh, the early spring of 2021. It's a year and a
3: half ago. (sighs) Yeah, and I've done the show. I think how many times? This
0: is the fourth time.
3: You and Roni Avivitz,
0: we got to get you guys like smoking jackets. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? The club. the Purple
0: sweatshirts with uh, (laughs) five-timers club on
3: there.
0: Uh, Uh, Andrew, it's a a pleasure to meet you as well. Uh, Your reputation precedes you. Um, Congrats on the new company. Sounds like you've uh, pulled together uh, already. You have amazing partners and uh, sounds like some exciting clients.
2: So I look forward to hearing about those. Yeah. Thanks, Well, Thanks for having me, Charlie and Ted.
1: Our pleasure. We look forward to discussing, Andy, and learning. Yeah, so, so let's
0: let's just that start. That Andy, is, Andy, it's a brand new company, so assume we know nothing.
2: Sure. Uh, it's, it's new and it isn't in the sense that we're not a startup. You know, we're actually uh, 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 three companies have come together. Um, and uh, I'll explain the basic thesis of the company journey is... Um, Well, maybe just mentioning real quickly, I previously was CEO of Frog Design for seven years, which many people are aware, you know, is one of the largest legendary company. Yeah. And um, and I left at the end of the year. But in the midst of that, I was planning to launch a new agency that focuses on the customer journey, hence the name journey. Mm. But really, the touch points either are just being created so, take something like the metaverse mm-hmm. or touch points that need to be completely reimagined in this new world, like physical space, whether retail, food and bev, or whatever. And my feeling was that we want to be the agency that's focused on that future scape of what a customer journey looks like and have creative and strategic talent that can help a brand or a company make, make that evolution to that new um, world, new customer journey. So, the first three companies that came together. Kathy Hackle's company, obviously, for the metaverse. And Kathy can talk about how we're building out her capabilities to include building and and so forth, hence the NASDAQ project we did uh, last week. Um, The second company is a company called iCrave, which actually does physical design. So it designs restaurants, um, hotels. You might say, well, isn't that kind of old news? Well, not really, because this is the firm that's known for doing reimagining things. So take, for example, the JetBlue Terminal in JFK which was the first terminal to implement iPads and and re, reimagine the passenger journey um, the largest nightclub in the world three three floors high it looks like it's a virtual experience but it's actually a physical place where people are dancing and having fun and there's some things we can't that were mentioned uh, recently a web 3.0 building in Times Square which um, is being developed which will be a place for both live uh, shows and immersive experiences and a metaverse uh, equivalent. So that's sort of the physical. And then the final one is a voice agency because we think voice is core to these sort of going through Mm -hmm. these various experiences. And this is a company, Skill Creative, that recently won the Webby for voice experience with something we did with HBO Max where you have discovery in the home. So those are the first three and we have more on the way Um, and it's pulling together these studios and capabilities to kind of create that next chapter in the customer journey. So,
1: Kathy, sorry, go ahead. So it's it's interesting um, because uh, I know Frog Design well. I did uh, some projects with Frog Design many, many years ago. And I was thinking as you were talking about the fact that Frog Design really had its moment in designing physical things with a a digital use case, right? Obviously, they were involved with Apple in, in the early days quite a bit. And now it seems like there's a logical transition to kind of flipping that script where the physical is migrating to the fully digital with physical attributes and physical sensibilities. And that's a lot of what the metaverse is. So, the, as you're talking, it kind of makes an interesting sense that your journey moved from the physical, allowing technology to be in people's laps and people's hands, you know, with various devices and, and whatnot. And now you're sort of modifying that to the world is migrating to digital goods and services and digital collectibles. And the idea of an NFT as something that has real value and real substance, even though it's just pixels on a screen somewhere, uh, it seems like you're, you're kind of leaning into that in with three sort of divisions that you're tapping that would, would you say that's a correct assessment of the,
2: that's fair Ted. And and yeah, I wasn't there for all of the evolution of frog. It's been around for 50 years, but you describe it very well. And, um, I feel like this is kind of the next wave. Um, and, and, um, um one of the things um in terms of physical what i talk about is i think we need people that design in 3d and um and one thing about physically designing real places with real people moving through space and time with sound and light and uh 2d and i'm not saying I, i love my i love my former you know i love frog but a lot of what we did was in that digital space 2d screens whether it's websites or mobile apps so it's kind of you know this this confluence of you know the gaming sort of traditions and look and feel the sort of very you know physical high resolution types of feelings and moving through space and time and i think where the puck is headed is pulling those together and that's why we have these different agencies that we have you know under under the same roof and it's it's already creatively just been amazing fascinating to see the juices of these different creative perspectives kind of coming together and what we can come up with very quickly.
0: Um, <clears throat> Kathy, let's talk um, a little bit about how you pulled off the uh, NASDAQ. It looked like there were a lot of people from a lot of different groups there. So, um, and that was, you synced it up with uh, NYC NFT or NFT yeah. NYC. Uh, yeah, so cool. it sounds, sounds like a, a great time. Tell us a little about it.
3: Yeah, it was kind of an unofficial opening, right? Because NFT and WC didn't start till Monday and uh, we rang the bell on a Friday, but it was kind of an unofficial, <laughs> unofficial opening. Um, yeah, I mean, we partnered with NASDAQ and Metacore Games, Core Games specifically, uh, to do the first bell ringing, both in the physical world and in the metaverse. It's a gaming, you know, in a gaming platform, but let's call it the metaverse, okay. right? But we did it live. I think that's what people don't understand. This is not pre-recorded. This was done live and, you know, you know, when you, if, and you you know, you've done lots of TV and stuff, like anything could go wrong when it's oh, live, yeah. but it went oh, yeah. really well. We worked in tandem. Um, I mean, our, so what Andy was mentioning, so my company, I was mostly just strategy, right? It was strategy myself and, and you know, and a couple of people under doing metaverse strategy and what three. And then when we got acquired by Andy, one of the things I wanted to do was build out the world building capabilities. So we, you know, now we have a gaming studio. We have Pretty much a world building practice, right? Led by Lee Keebler, um, who's um, former Intel, Nike. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in the in the XR space for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Former uh, CTO to Will I am, so he's leading up our world building. Um, and yeah, it was kind of one of those things that you know, you know, I don't want, I don't want to kind of promise this to everyone, but we built it pretty quickly. All mm-hmm. right, it was kind mm-hmm. of one of those things. We saw an opportunity and we built it quickly and we did it live. Um, and one of the things I did, Charlie, is I invited a lot of amazing. Partners and women in the space. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I also saw it as a moment that we could highlight, you know, that the future mm-hmm. could be different. Mm-hmm. So it was really exciting. And Andy was there right next to me. And I was just, <laughs> oh my goodness. It was oh, and just we, exhilarating. and
2: then we were covered by, uh, uh, we were told by NASDAQ that it was one of the longest uh, coverings by CNBC of an opening bell. Normally they show it for five seconds and go away. And it was kind of funny because I think Jim Kramer wasn't really paying attention and then he got kind of intrigued and he said oh this is pretty cool and this j- company journey and he says they're going to the metaverse so they went public on the NASDAQ today said, <laughs> no no, we didn't go public it, it, virtually you did yeah, virtually. <laughs> you practiced <laughs> you were practicing
3: we were I practicing said, yeah.
2: it, it said in the remarks uh, which which are available on NASDAQ but not on CNBC I did say maybe a couple of years a few years from now we may be back <laughs> ringing the bell for different reasons uh, but, I hope, I yeah, hope so. so it's funny so but Kathy- the funny
3: part, so Charlie, the funny part was actually when it went live on CNBC because they had gotten the information. The three anchors had avatars themselves, so they did this really nice blending. I don't know; it just uh-huh. played. It was so. Yeah, we didn't, you know, we had no visibility into that. NASDAQ didn't either, but they had it all prepared. So I looked for
0: video of it when I was putting together the the column yesterday, and I couldn't find any. Um, But yeah, send me the link, and I I can still stick it in there. Uh, You know, we've been trying to have you on, Kathy, for months because you wrote a book. So let's just hit, sorry, Andy, let's just hit on the book, because this is the pre-journey, Kathy. Let's just hit on the book for five minutes, since we didn't get you on the show to talk about it. And I just read Matthew Ball's book. I got an advanced copy because they think I'm some kind of a writer or something. And, uh, And of course, I read your book. And as it happens, I'm writing a book also on the metaverse. And there's a tremendous amount of Uh, things that are agreed upon, there are tremendous Mm -hmm. amount of things that are kind of been determined by self interest, you know, the metaverse is a made up word. So, you know, I I think trying to be too strict about its meaning is counterproductive. But, um, but I thought your book came at it in a really clear eyed way. So maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about the book. Um, I know you had some co conspirators who helped put it together. And uh, let's talk and make sure we talk about them too.
3: Yeah, definitely, and I do have to give a shout out to you because you really wrote. I mean, I mean, you know, Neil wrote Snow Crash, right? And he coined the term. But the first metaverse book really was yours. Was I know, and it's generous. so funny
0: because I used so. it. I used it as a metaphor of everything yeah. being connected. It wasn't the metaverse per se, as if people would actually build it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to you. I mean, because I was part of Thank that you. book, so Thank I remember. You. It certainly um, has helped
0: sales a little bit. <laughs>
3: Uh, so, yeah, I mean, th- this book really came about really fast. Um, I was doing, you know, some work with Upland and, you know, I had an idea, Let, let's come together, let's put all th- our three voices together and and write a book, right? Um, and when you read the book, you actually, there's three different voices throughout the whole, you know, throughout the whole book. I do have to say for everyone listening to this, there's there's a bigger bent in the book on Web3, right? Because my co-authors do come more from a Web3 background mm-hmm. than an XR background. So some of the XR that's, you know, Included in there is because I was pushing, like, we need to include this as well. We can't just be focused on Web3. So, um, but it's, it's a great, you know, I think it's a great primer. There's great uh, frameworks for people, which people can use. Um, it's, it's a great way to start navigating, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's done really well. We've gotten some great reviews. The Harvard Business Review reviewed it. So mm, that was really great. exciting. So it was really exciting. So.
0: so, just winding this conversation up and then we'll get back to Journey. Yeah. So, did you come up, the three of you guys, examining everything that's going on? Did you come up with a
3: definition of the metaverse
0: that you I, can you know, share?
3: I'm going to be honest, Charlie. I And I said this at NASA, like I said, I don't want to, I don't, I don't seek to define it. I seek to build it and create it together with other mm,
0: people. Mm, I love
3: I, 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 I'm i so tired. Like we've been through this in XR.
0: I know, right? I know. I t- that's oh what gosh. it feels like to me. And do we really care today whether somebody says XR or AR and VR? It's MR, a stylistic like Yeah, we know what they me mean in context. It's yeah. a stylistic choice as much as anything, right? It's very slippery to try and define made up words.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think we all have our ways of defining it yeah. and you know, the reality is it's not here. We're all building towards it, right? All mm-hmm. of us are doing something to build towards it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm moving away from having to define it, right. To thinking more through like, how do we build it? What are the, you know, mm-hmm. how do we actually activate this and create this? Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest, like I've gotten, you know, hate uh, for trying to define it or, you know, things like that. And I'm just kind of like, you know, guys, let's take a step back. Like, why are we obsessed with definition? You know, who owns the definition? That's the other people, the, the other part, like, you know we're oh, right building isn't
0: it well we get back to the original branding question right which is yeah. is it amazon a river in south america that's a good point
3: <laughs> good because point the services
0: so, the services and in this case the mm-hmm. places will define the word yeah. uh, not not self interested um, people in private industry or even pundits
3: yeah so you know and and will we call it metaverse in 10 years I don't even know that we will. We may be talking about virtual
0: worlds or it'll be derived from uh, devices or who the heck knows. Um, Charlie, you and I have made reference to, you know,
1: because metaverse has become the word du jour, but we like sort of this historical discussion of we had a terminology called the World Wide Web. And then we had this terminology Cyberspace.
0: called- Cyberspace.
1: Cyberspace <laughs> is another one. The electronic
0: then, superhighway.
1: The, the the information superhighway was another good one. Uh, and then that somehow coalesced in this sort of thing called the internet, right? Okay. Which we use as the blanket term, uh, which has now sort of been usurped in the little XR corner and other parts by this word, the metaverse. But you know, even when we talked to Neil, like we did, uh, last mm-hmm. week when we were talking it's just a terminology that came from a fictional understanding right. of you know right. the metaphorical idea of things which is sure. really an important thing to understand um, that and I think Kathy you're you're dead on that we we put a little too much stock in the nomenclature when really what's because happening because we, is we don't have that
0: much else right now
1: right which is fine you know but the underpinnings of web three as we all like mm-hmm. to study and look at as the, 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 the real sort of big change in what the internet is bound to become as we get better graphics and different devices to access our daily lives, which we're doing now, is something both of you are, are studying, right? So I have an interesting sort of piece of this controversy that I would love to get your opinion on, because it's a, and Charlie and I talk about this a lot. So. Because you are now talking about world building and architecting and you come from the design world and you mentioned physical spaces that you're designing in the metaverse, we have a little bit of a challenge of the idea of physically moving around with your mouse or your trackpad or your gaming device to get from point A to point B, which is how this kind of falsehood of an economy of these virtual lands are starting to... Kind of set themselves up is well you have to be next to these things and these things are worth more kind of like physical real estate when in actuality we should be able you know in, in the star trek lingo to just transport around to the places we want with a click of a button right so you have to have some opinion on that from an architectural standpoint as you're yeah
0: that's a great metaphor because, like Aaron.
1: because your company's called journey right yeah so. alan
0: smithson is building you know this giant virtual mall so and he the assumption of that is that i'm going to go to a floor in that mall and i'm going to look at merchandise the way i would browse avatars in vr chat right but wouldn't right? you so, just but that to the assumes that, that assumes at. that i'm going to like go there and stroll around the room whereas you know today you could for example scroll through 3d objects you know on your 2d screen so what's what's your thinking about how those spaces are going to look and feel for brands that you're working with It's one of the most interesting questions of the architecture of a
1: Web3 infrastructure, I'm
0: curious.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I think and then I'll let Andy kind of answer from his perspective as well. So this is what I think. I think that we think about the internet as a place we go to, right? Uh, And I believe that eventually when we do enable that physical, the physical side of the metaverse, it'll just be around us. We don't necessarily go, like go somewhere, Mm -hmm. uh, right? So I think that that's different. Will I want to go to a virtual mall? Maybe. Right, maybe to buy something like I I don't know. So 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 yeah. I mean, there's so many underpinnings there, right? On can virtual land be moved? Should virtual land be here? Should virtual land be there? Right. I think that the reality is that what I'm excited about, and what most of the brands that I work with are excited about, is the underlying technology of the fact that they can own the virtual piece of land in a smart contract, right? There's debate as to whether can you really own it or not, right? But I think that they're excited about that, thinking like, what comes after the website? Is it virtual land, right? So I think that there's there's some questions there around what the brands are perceiving as valuable, right? What has value uh, if they can build on it? Um, so so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a very big debate, but for me, it's the idea and the concept of does it stop being a place we go to and does it stop it start being a place that's all around us right um the the metaverse like is the concept right we had
0: brad oberweger who is the acting ceo and executive chairman of second life um and uh he's super super smart guy uh and he uh said basically, Ted, correct me if I'm not putting this in the, in the right way, but he said what land really represents in Second Life is a space on the server. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's
0: right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so in, in that sense, for it really to be yours, you have to be able to say, you know what, Sandbox, I'm taking my stuff and going to another server.
3: Yeah. I'm paying for my AWS, like over here. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I'm buying a piece of the data center. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I mean, it, the underlying technology like for an NFT specifically, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the underlying. You're paying for the the underlying computer program in the smart contract, right? That you're you're paying for, right? But there's still debate as to whether you really own it because if it's in someone else's server or like whatever, right? So so I think the that there is a lot. Crypto winter of has
0: made that quite the question, right? Because <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a ever, blockchain yeah. that doesn't exist anymore
3: yeah so i don't you know it's it's such a good question it's it's such a big debate i don't know like um you know it's is it worth for me personally when i'm working with the brands really what we're doing right now is experimenting it is doing pilots it's trying to push the limits of the technology Mm -hmm. right so is it worth it for me to kind of have this really deep debate no because right now what they're doing are pilots they're trying to figure out what are they doing? Are they playing in the NFT space? Are they doing something in gaming? Right. So it's all part of a strategy that we've laid out for them. Um, there are questions, right? Should we buy virtual land? Is one of the biggest questions I get, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes for some brands, yes. Sometimes for other brands, it's a no. So I don't know. Um, you know, I do think that, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely something, Ted, that I'm gonna like probably go to sleep tonight and think a lot really <laughs> well, deeply The, the, on, the fact but... that you
1: are struggling with it actually yeah. gives me hope. Because <laughs> there, are, there are so many people that are sort of postulating that this is how it's gonna work. But in the actuality, just like we never really kind of knew how the internet was yeah. gonna evolve and who was gonna sort of win these different sort of game gamesmanship of these pieces and parts of it, um, we're in the next phase of that, right? But I just think like, and Andy, this is maybe something where your, your brain and your, your experience, you know, when we know we have to move our physical bodies, we have to move to places, right? We have to get in a car, we have to get in an airplane, we have to walk to a place. So we pass by things. But in cyberspace or the metaverse, whatever we want to call it, we don't physically have to do that anymore. So why are we holding to an old construct of the idea of moving our physicality, when we don't move our physicality, like we didn't all have to join to be on this video chat together and walk to a certain place or get in a car to do it, we just had to have the right technology at the right spot, which means an internet connection
2: and a device, right? So
1: there's so got to be some thesis around this that well, you're talking I, to your yeah. clients
2: about. So I kind of come at it, although I'm a business person, you know, uh, come at it from a creative point of view. I'm a storyteller, I'm an author or a novelist, and Running Frog, and if you think about it as creating experiences, I mean, there's all the technology and that comes in and every layer of technology is evolving, kind of it's co-evolving. But if you think about it in terms of experiences, I'll give you an example, a partner of ours called Stewfish does does rock concerts, okay? They do Elton John, Rolling Stones, Madonna, Beyonce, they're like the top firm in the space. And they, they work with us, particularly our physical studio. Well, they did a rock concert for uh, Pentakill, you know, which is a virtual band in Fortnite, okay and they built the staging they built the lighting they just you know just like they do for madonna or u2 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they built the stadium okay and it won the webby award right for the best virtual concert of the year now that might have been luck, and, and there were other people involved but they did the core entertainment architecture they call it now it might have been luck or something but that's sort of the thesis is it's creating it is it's creative talent some, some will be able to evolve into these new spaces, some won't, I mean, you know, that's just, and that's not unusual. That's the way it's been. Industrial designers don't evolve to digital and so forth and so on, as Ted, you were you know bringing up before. But I wouldn't underestimate the creative element of this because at the end of the day, what gets the juices flowing and the emotional attachment, the founder of frog, you know, form follows emotion. It's the emotion connecting with consumers, with people at emo- an emotional level, uh, Creating those experiences, and I I, I don't think we want to lose sight of that as, because the technology is so confusing right now with the competing platforms and just you know waves of innovation and haptics and 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 the headsets and all that sort of stuff that you can really you know get overwhelmed. But but I think if it's focusing on that customer experience, that customer journey, if you will, that's the constant. You know, that's the, that, that hasn't changed for 100,000 years. You know, um, I, not to exaggerate, but, you know, voice has been around for 100,000 years. What's ambient, ambient voice going to be like in a virtual world? You know, it's, it's funny. There's some things that are constant in all this. And that's part of the journey thesis is we want, obviously, we help with the tech and the strategy and everything. But what we, the building part, we want to build these compelling, connected kind of experiences because that wins every time. Well, wow, that is um, a very, very
0: provocative statement and brings a lot of things to mind. Um, certainly, I think that, you know, spatial sound, the potential of spatial sound is something that, uh, people have talked about a lot. There have been products like the Bose uh, headset that wanted to create spatial sound. And ultimately, uh, although the Bose frames are still around, uh, they abandoned this whole idea of spatial sound. But are you saying that that's going to come back in in that form? Or are you talking about inside of VR? I just just want to dig into that a little bit, just because I, I think it has
2: so much depth and potential. That's, uh, now, you're, now you're probing into what I don't know about, which is I'm, 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 I'm an inch deep in technology. Okay. But, but the way I would think about it, it is fascinating. I was with a friend the other day, very large uh, consulting firm using Oculus for conferencing, for having meetings. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. they found most interesting about the experience you know, versus say Zoom or Teams was not the visual, it was the sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was that they yeah. could, the per- when the person talked to them, it felt like they were next to them. Sound is the, is the most universal and, um, and accessible interface that's ever been created. And that's why we have this agency. I, I tell brands like, what, who are the two most important avatars in, in your world? And, and it's not in gaming, it's called Alexa and Siri. <laughs> are, how are they representing you? They get questions about you every day. And the weird thing is for most brands and most companies, they're not being represented. It's whatever Alexa comes up with, and there are ways you can influence, you know, voice search. search. Voice commerce is a forty billion dollar business, much more than than. Wow. than uh, yeah. No. Groceries, music. Fifty percent of music is, is bought through voice currently. So. Well, and and Andy, I, I, you you may no. not you may not realize it, but you're
1: demonstrating right now, and we talked about this earlier that most people that listen to this that, that get this podcast listen to just the audio. There's a very small subset that watch our talking heads um, and you are wearing The Apple devices right now for those few that are going to watch it visually where Bose largely abandoned their spatial aspirations who took up the mantle and is very successful with it is Apple and within the Apple music service they have a whole spatial category where they're remixing audio and 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 taking popular songs and offering that as a spatial category so they are leaning in to spatial because they already have a very profitable successful category within the physical Mm. devices you happen to have them in your ears right now you're using them You know, Um, and that's a really interesting sort of touch
2: point. And some of these examples uh, will really throw you. So, for example, and we can't name the company, but for one of the largest, most prestigious cancer care organizations in the world, we are building out a um, outpatient voice experience in the home. Okay. and then they get in the car and they have a voice experience and then they go into for their outpatient, you know, typically chemo treatments and so on. So think about that, but mm. another—it it is a universal interface used equally by every demographic, small children and senior citizens.
0: Well, so for somebody who uh, who doesn't know much about sound, you just went on a pretty good tear, Andy. So <laughs> thank you for that.
2: More of the experience. <laughs> in the so we got
0: the whole inch. You got the whole inch. (laughs) So this is all the time we have for our interview. This has been a lot of fun. I think we just sort of scratched the surface. There's so much more I want to ask you about your clients and the way they see the world, right? Because all of a sudden, everybody is talking about metaverse. And, you know, they don't, they're nowhere nearly as deeply into this as somebody like Kathy. So really, what do they mean when they say that? And what is, you know, what are they afraid of? What do they hope it can do that they can't do today? So that's like a whole... Another yeah. interview. So, hopefully, we'll get you back and we'll answer some of those questions. Congratulations on the new company. Uh, just knowing who's involved, I'm sure you guys will be super successful. So, uh, you know, Ted and I will enjoy watching your progress.
2: Absolutely. Thank you very Thank much. much. That's we our know, show. We we'll be back. So, Have a great okay.
0: weekend, everybody. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.